the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands. He's continuing in the book of James, today looking at the characteristics of a godly leader. And one of the reasons for that is that leaders should, teachers and leaders should exhibit Christian maturity. And that is a goal that should be for every Christian, that all of us should want to grow in our Christian maturity, whether we're called to leadership or not. We've been weaving in and out of the book of James over the past several weeks as we dip into the sermons that Pastor Layton is preaching at Church of the Highlands right now. You can find all of our past studies in the book of James on the website studyversebyverse.com. Pastor Layton gives us just a bit of background on the book as we begin today and then jumps into chapter 3. James is considered probably the earliest book written in the New Testament era, and one of the most practical because James is not so much concerned with expressing our Christian faith uh, verbally as living it out. His goal is to make Christians better Christians. And uh, Pastor James is the pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. That was the very first church. That's where uh, Jesus and the disciples began the church. And and wherever they settled, they, they established churches and those churches needed good and godly leadership. And so the question is, is, how do we identify good and godly leadership? Or how can we identify ungodly leadership? And that's a question that those early believers need to know, and, and we need to know it today, because there are far too many churches across America that do not have godly leadership. So what are some of the things, the signs, the indicators, the characteristics that we look for to know that this church is a good and godly church with good and godly leaders, or some other kind of church? James answers that question in this portion of Scripture. Now, in the previous portion that we studied when we gathered together last, the first part of chapter 3, James has been talking about the tongue, and it begins the chapter by addressing teachers, but it's very obvious to assume that that includes us as well. And one of the reasons for that is that leaders should, teachers and leaders should exhibit Christian maturity. And that is a goal that should be for every Christian, that all of us should want to grow in our Christian maturity, whether we're called to leadership or not. Now, the reference to the wise and understanding of verse 13 is a reference to those who consider themselves leaders in the church. It reads, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere." And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So here James is offering 
a clear contrast between two kinds of wisdom. Now, the early part of the chapter, it dealt with the problem of false teachers using their tongues to spread fire, and the cause, that's the cause of this envy and ambition and divisions that he's having to address now in this present section. The fact of the matter is that there has never been a perfect church. Never in all of uh, all the history of the church has there been one single perfect church. And many of the letters that Paul wrote were to correct problems in churches. Like, for instance, the uh, first letter of 1 Corinthians was written to the church in Corinth to address some of their problems. He's hardly 10 verses into the writing when he talks about divisions in the church. Some are of Paul, some of Apollos, some of Cephas, and, and so on and so forth. Well, evidently, James may be addressing a similar issue here. And uh, churches are, are not perfect because they're made up of people. And there are no perfect people, so there are no perfect churches. In fact, my dad used to say, if you ever find a perfect church, please don't go there because you'll mess the whole thing up. <laughs> so it's just that's the way it is. And, and so this section serves as a kind of a summary statement for what's gone on before, commanding teachers and leaders to not misuse the tongue, but rather develop and exemplify Christian virtues. Jesus taught that we would know true teachers from false ones by how they live. That good and godly teachers were going to exemplify godly disciplines, that their activities and their actions and their accomplishments were going to reveal their heart of Christian faith. And so in this section, uh, good deeds are contrasted with bitterness, and hum- humility is contrasted with selfish ambition. Evidently, James had some people out there, that, uh, some opponents, that claimed to have a superior wisdom. And so by defining wisdom in biblical terms, James then shows that these false teachers, false leaders, are spreading destructive worldly wisdom and deficient teaching. He is showing them to be unspiritual, which is probably the charge that they were leveling at him. Now, both the Old Testament and the New Testament make clear that there are two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom of man, and there's the wisdom of God, or the wisdom from below and the wisdom from above. In the Old Testament, the words wisdom and wise are used over 300 times, over 100 of those times in the book of Proverbs alone. King Solomon was described as the wisest man who ever lived. World leaders would come to him and travel far distances in order to sit and have an audience with this one that was rumored to be so very, very wise. And that distinction of being the wisest man who ever lived comes from Scripture. The story is told in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. And then Solomon said, You have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice, behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, 
nor shall one like you arise after you. And that's why we call him the wisest man who ever lived. And he needed that wisdom in order to lead his nation through their various social and and economic and and military uh, challenges. Now, some of the wisdom he gleaned directly from God, and some of it he got from life experiences. Ecclesiastes is considered to have been written by King Solomon. And the king indulged himself in every sort of pleasure, uh, extravagant lifestyle, wealth, uh, acquiring knowledge, uh, laughter and entertainment and wine and uh, sexual gratification, collecting art from all around the world, personal accomplishments, and so forth. Uh, He set out to know all that could be known and to experience everything that could be experienced. And in the end, the writer of Ecclesiastes summarized all that he had learned. This is what he wrote. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. And so he concluded that wisdom and accomplishments and pleasures were all a dead end, that the only real satisfaction in life comes from knowing and loving God. Well, how do we love God? Jesus, who is God incarnate, said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So we express our love towards God by keeping his commandments. Now, here in this passage in James, James offers wisdom as to another type of test uh, of living faith. And the kind of wisdom a person has is going to be revealed by the kind of life they live. If they have a wisdom from below, then there are certain characteristics that you're going to see in their life, and he's going to identify those in just a few verses. And if they have a wisdom from above, then they're going to have a, a different characteristics in life, and he's going to provide that list as well. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study the passage verse by verse. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. One of James' favorite ways of teaching was a um, rhetorical question. So he asked this rhetorical question, who is wise and understanding among you? And then he answers it in the, in the next uh, phrase. A, a wise person, the word wise means someone who is not necessarily exceptional in their intellectual capacity, but rather one who has moral insight on the practical matters of daily living. And then he describes them wise and with understanding. And that word is used to describe someone who is an expert, has special knowledge in some area. And so he's saying, the truly wise person demonstrates their understanding of God by the way they live. True, me- true wisdom is measured by the depth of a person's character as expressed in their conduct. The person who is truly wise and understanding should prove it by the quality of their conduct. The word conduct is a word that uh, the Apostle Peter used uh, in First Peter to describe the whole manner of Christian living. Uh, Coming back to James, by his good conduct, let him show his works. Now, the 1984 version of New International Version translates the latter portion of the verse as follows. "Let Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And, you know, a a picture is worth a thousand words. And the picture that comes to my my mind is is the story of Joseph and his life. Because 
He's such an example of, of wise and godly living. When you think about what the ordeals that he went through, he's sold into slavery by his brothers. Uh, he ends up in Potiphar's house and ends up being harassed by Potiphar's wife. He's thrown into prison for something that he never did. If ever a man had reason to be bitter, Joseph did. But he never allowed his circumstances to affect and, and, and make him bitter. Instead, whatever circumstance he happened to be in, he conducted himself in a godly fashion that brought honor to God. And, and in the end, his trust was vindicated and, and, and God is faithful. Mm, God is always faithful. It's you and me who wobble a bit as we move through life and hopefully become more and more like Christ. Again, Pastor Layton has been in the book of James for the past number of weeks. We've been moving in and out of this study as he has preached these messages to the congregation at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. The church is on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And as you can imagine, there are quite a few activities planned for the summer. You can find out all about them when you go to that website again, highlands.us. And for this ministry, this radio broadcast, you can find us on the web at studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. We'll be back in the book of James tomorrow at this same time. I hope you can join us as we open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.